DJ Ronnes here. I'm just letting y'all know that um, during tonight's episode, we ran into some slight issues recording within the first, I'd say, 30 seconds of the program. After that, it levels off. So a part of the podcast got cut off, but it's nothing that important. Um, if you want to see know what you missed, just go ahead and follow us on Twitch, Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session, where you can see you can interact with the first 30 seconds that was missed. Other than that, that's it. Uh, see you next week. Bye-bye. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, everybody. It's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey everybody, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 446. We are that podcast talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, the geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ron Mess. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I'm Ichigagami. And for some reason, we are getting clicking and keyboard typing and stuff, so I think my mixer's acting kind of odd, so give me one second. I'm going to test something out real quick. While Ronma is doing some tech work for... Alright, well, I've picked up the uh, the recording, so I actually don't know where it left off at. I will figure it out after the show. I'll put a, okay. little, I'll put a little disclaimer in, and if anything, um, I'll, I'll just rip the audio. That's all. I'll just rip the audio. Theo, Theo's been really M- the MVP. He's actually saying that we're perfectly fine, so you can probably rip the audio from the recording that's, later. That's what I'm probably going to end up doing, so, you know. But, I'll, yeah. I'll, um, I'll so take I basically kind of splice it in. Oh, okay. Yep. I, I've basically just been making a bunch of masks and stuff mm-hmm. for friends and family and um, an order and everything, so I I am doing that. Um, that's yeah, I saw much some it. of your uh, patterns. They're pretty nice. Thank you. I, I, yeah, I have really wacky stuff in my collection. So it, you know, I think a lot of my, I have. It's really weird to hear that your friends, you know, kind of trust you <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to their health and stuff, as far as like mask making and things like that. So that that's been kind of a nice but, but he, but change. He, but here's the thing, though. It's already been said these homemade masks work are seventy five to eighty percent effective. But yeah. let, let's be real here. I mean, you can go out and buy disposable masks, but that gets pricey, you know? Yeah. yeah. And and I started considering... using a uh, repurposed pillowcase as a as a uh, bandana mm-hmm. because I can't find slash afford masks. Yeah, they they can get a little pricey. I mean, even with the ones that are out there. I mean, I I am not charging what I have seen some people charge. I'm charging like seven. But even then, I know that there are people out there that are charging anyway, anything from, like, $10 where they're donating a mask and they're, you know, selling a mask. And I've seen some people on Etsy and stuff still selling really cheaply made masks for, like, $25 to $30. And it, and it sucks. Like, I'm not going to lie. Doing $7 a mask, you know, it's, it's not going to bread butter my bread, per se. But I'm just happy I can help my community and I'm not in a situation where that would 
kill me. Like that would cripple me to do my masks at the price I'm doing them. So let, let, let me just we say can that, talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that during our geek roundtable and all that good stuff. Because I, I got something to say about that. So you know. So anywho, my weekend day has basically been me catching up with anime, catching up with television, catching up with my gaming, and collecting unemployment and. My state came in. The federal came in. Look, that extra six hundred is coming directly from the from the government. So I call that federal unemployment money because only that's being taxed for federal, not federal and state. So I just kind of find it i I kind of find it slightly amusing yet interesting that I am making more money collecting unemployment while being furloughed than actually working. But the benefit I see to that is me catching up on. All of my bills, because I kind of fell back in November when, my, when the landlord cashed the the rent check three days early and just threw my entire financials into utter whack. So I have a feeling by the end of this month, that extra money plus my tax return and the stimulus that everybody's getting, I should be one hundred percent caught up and not having to worry for a while. And then you know. I'm probably just going to start doing, like, automatic billing. Be like, you know what? Take it, take it, take it. Fine, whatever. I don't care. Unless you start using your stimulus for Cheetos or Doritos or Mountain Dew. Um, that, I mean, <laughs> that, I, I'm bringing that, some lightheartedness to it. Because see, a lot of people are spending their stimulus on food, and I totally understand. No, no, I just I, I thought I'd be funny with it. To see, be fair, I still have to do food shopping, and I tried, you know, getting getting Walmart to, uh, you know, for getting Walmart for pickup, and it's mm -hmm. like, we don't. Sorry, we don't have any days. We don't have any times available for you, and on all the next five days are grayed out. I'm like, oh my gosh. Look, 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 look. So now I got to write everything down and go in there and buy everything by by hand in person. <laughs> no, that's what the, that's what the app is for. That's what the website is for. Which is why I yeah, but the. Like I but, just said, you know, I can't do that because they yeah, don't have time Yeah, he's saying they're grayed out, available. so basically their delivery schedule is completely booked already. Pickup schedule. Well, delivery too, but the point is I can't pick up or get them delivered. I have to go get them myself. That's really rough. No, that, what, what I mean is, you know, you're talking about striking out what you – just use the app so you know exactly what you need, you know. And go, oh, yeah, go. I'm doing that, definitely. Okay. All right. I'll be like my parents walking around with the uh, – with the with the with all ragged up lined paper, just like writing everything down like that. Don't come for me, Ari. <laughs> no, I mean like the two of the, you actually grocery shopping with like a actual physical list in hand. That's what I meant. Well, we finally ran out of meat and stuff, so Ooh. I have to go out and spend tomorrow or later this week. The, the, I, 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 well, I love you both, but the couple, the two of you are filthy casuals. Okay. While you're writing down on a piece of scratch paper what you need, I'm actually going directly into the app, writing, typing in what I need in the app so I know exactly what aisle to find it in. And I oh, I know how to do that, too, yeah. but mm -hmm. I just don't like having to I, get, like, I do be that out public more than, more than I have to be. I do that, mm -hmm. and I cross-share it with my husband, but my husband doesn't like to do that. So I have to adapt for his, and so what I tend to do is we write it down on paper, and then I go and put it in. Either I put it in a memo or I put it in the app. It just depends. Yeah, but see, now, the thing that I have issue with, with Target is you can search what you need from Target.com and put it in your cart. But if it's not available on the website, you only have an option of pickup or shipping. 
I'm not paying $25 for a cheap bottle of mouthwash I forgot to pick up. And the reason why I forgot to pick it up is because it doesn't give me an option to move it to a list. Now, if I do all of this in the app, I can see what's in my cart. If it's not, if it's available for shipping or whatever, I can go in the app to that item and push it to my list. So when I'm there, I know exactly what I need. And that was the one thing I forgot to do. And I also think uh, about two months ago when I bought ink for my printer, I think I might accidentally toss a very a good black ink cartridge but recycled it purely by accident. I think I might have. Face it, I think all three of us have had a little bit of a chaotic week and day, so it's kind of meshing all into one, so many apologies on that. <laughs> what day is it? What year is this? I don't know. It's the same day it was yesterday in being in the vault. Indeed, yes. I bought this 2020 planner for nothing. Nothing! <laughs> it's canceled. Burn it. <laughs> that, you know, I should have known something was up when I couldn't find a, a D, I couldn't find the anime 2020 calendar from, <laughs> from Walmart, or a, I couldn't find a decent geek one, okay? I remember... Uh, <laughs> as Bob Coffee says in our chat room at twitch.tv slash anime jam session... It's 20 years since the beginning of March. Many moons have passed. What is this, Cloud Atlas? Like, <laughs> mm. Again, who would have thought an actual video game would come to life? I mean, with all the re-releases of Resident Evil, I'm, I'm looking at you, Umbrella Corporation. I'm, I'm actually sick of all the Resident Evil re-releases. I understand... There's a niche, there's there's a fandom for it, and I get it, but I'm sick of it. Capcom, stop beating the dead horse like that. You have other IPs you can invest money into. I want another Onimusha remaster. I I just want more horror. I do, I, and I, I am one of the fandoms, the niche fandoms of Resident Evil, because it was one of those things where it was an, an evolution in graphics and horror and all that other fun stuff, but like, yeah, they're kind of beating that um, yeah. brand to its death again. I mean, I mean I to its wanna, undeath. I just want to be get a decent arcade stick so I can play Street Fighter Three and Street Fighter Five, you know, more readily at home. Mm, as Bob, I like arcade setups. As Bob Coffee says, I want a Capcom fighting game not named Street Fighter or Marvel vs. Capcom. Yes, I want a Rival Schools Three. God damn it! Okay, Rival Ooh, Schools, Darkstalkers. Yeah. Darkstalkers is so fun. Yeah, you know what I want? Darkstalkers versus Street Fighter. That's it. No other franchises, just those. That's it. That I would love. You know, just, just these two franchises just battling it out. I would like that. But we won't, you won't get that. It's like that meme. What do we do to make money? Do this, do that. Bring back your old IP. Guy gets tossed out the window. Like at the at the end of a Shinku Hadouken, more most likely. The corporate Shinku Hadouken after he throws, you see money just rain down. The Hadouken is green colored. <laughs> Bob Coffee says, "I want a Love Live versus Idol Master fighting game." Actually, I would like a Love Live versus Idol Master dance game. I wouldn't mind allowing Konami to do it. I wouldn't mind it. But he also said he would settle for a Simpho Gear Fighter. Look, as long as you get some, as long as the soundtrack is hot, I'm I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I have not watched the last two seasons of Simple Gear because I'm just like the first three basically filled me up. I'm just like, 
I don't know if I'm ready to sit down and watch the four seasons four and five yet. I'm gonna wait. I'm, I'm, but I'm going to divest and watch other anime and then come back to this, okay? And Theo says he is still waiting for the Red Deb Redemption Masterpiece Edition for PC. Uh, that sounds like the recipe who are waiting on uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake for Xbox One and PC. Yeah, well, and the time it takes for that to come out next year, you're better off getting a PlayStation 4 anyway. I ain't trying to name names, but I'm a just saying. All right. All right, but let's get down here. Uh, housekeeping, uh, don't forget, uh, we will be having the COVID PSA in every episode. And I believe tomorrow there will be a list on Anime Jam on, on Facebook.com slash Anime Jam Session. Uh, a list of, of people where you can buy geek masks from. This is in something, a joint venture, not a joint venture, but something that Scarlet Rhapsody put together. So thankfully to that awesome team out on the West Coast, we'll be using their links I have a couple links I'm going to throw in there, so it'll be like a little note on the side of our fan page, and we'll also have a link to all of these on our website as well. And I'm sure a lot of those will be independent designers and creators and artists who are really hurt by the coronavirus, so definitely show them some love and support. And Theo XNX says, hell no, 30 FPS is garbage in 2020. Can't the PlayStation 4 do 60 frames per screen per second? I don't know. I don't have a pro system because I just play to have fun. I play for the fun, okay? Anywho, that's it for, for housekeeping. Um, let's get into our geek roundtable. Basically, we take turns talking about geek stuff we want to share, how our non-anime, more geeky life has been. Okay, Ari, the floor is yours. Um, well, aside from shaving... I don't know if you guys noticed. I noticed. I, uh, I, I was doing some cooking over the weekend, even, like, made sort of peanut brittle, on, like, like the other day. But uh, I also seasoned, like, the big-ass, like, 12, 13-inch cast iron skillet, and uh, this happened. Dude! As I uh, pulled it out of the oven, it was on for, like, 5.50 for an hour, because that's what you're supposed to do with it. And I'm like, like, okay, while this thing's still hot, can I put it, find somewhere to put it down and... You know, I left it there, but later on when I came back, it was, like, charred like that. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Well, at least you didn't burn yourself. Like, that's that's why they're there. Mm -hmm. But that does kind of suck. <laughs> the, the one I normally have is, like, this silicone, like, sock puppet-looking thing. Yeah, like, I ended up having to get like a bunch of like those. A... Oh, yeah, I've yeah, seen those. You can, like, if you have an Instant Pot, so there are, like, some accessory kits, and those, you can get those with that. Depends on which one that you buy. Yeah, I've I've melted through quite a few uh, hot mats, so I've yeah. I've had to invest in the silicone ones that are 500 degrees safe. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of interesting that Ari brought that up because I just replaced all. I have three kitchen towels in my kitchen. Two are on the stove, and one is um like on the sink to help absorb any water that may splash up. I also use these towels, you know, for you know. Where I'm done cooking, moving stuff around, you know. And I just replaced I after having them for years, I actually got got around and replacing them because they were on they were like a dollar ninety nine a pop at Target, so um Alright, all right, keep continuing. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh that, that was about it. Yeah. I I destroy, I destroyed a uh, dish rag, you know, doing a basic mm -hmm. you know, 
kitchen chore, which, hey, I'm actually capable of doing. So, yay. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of people are getting back into, like, becoming amateur professional chefs at home because of all this free time. I'm the, the world of- is running out of yeast. Yep. <laughs> and I know I saw an article on how to make your own yeast. Good. Yeah. Now, here's my thing. I'm a type of person where I like to cook enough to last me at least a minimum, at least a week, at least three to four days. And I'm talking about my main dish and my side dishes. Have something, you know? And being at home, I'm realizing I'm eating a little bit more. But mm-hmm. because of the way my finances are flowing a lot better, I'm able to eat like I'm at work, meaning a sandwich for lunch and a sensible dinner. And Fridays, I'm able to treat myself or order takeout or something. And I, and I try to continue with that. You know, breakfast, like cereal in the morning, a sandwich for lunch. So Alcrea, awesome uh, friend of the show, who was also on my other podcast, um, Crystal Chronicles. What happened was, is that she has this awesome recipe for chili, and I kept saying I want to try it. So she sent me the list, and I put it together, and what threw me off is the fact that there's corn in here. And now I'm just like, corn? Doesn't matter. It's really good, though. So I end up making that. Now, I, now she, it's the recipe is for a crock pot. And, I, and as you all know, I have an instant pot. And there are converted, there are converter tables all over where how to make a, a slow cooker recipe and an instant pot and basically get the same effect. But there is a catch. You have to add more water because an instant pot is basically a pressure cooker. So, I made it and it was good. I really liked the taste. It really had a nice umami taste to it. So, I went back out, doctored it up some more, because it was like it was like the type of chili where you know you would add it to a side dish, and because there's not really any like chili like gravy or juices, it's you know it's, it is what it is. So I went back, took it all, put it all back in the instant pot, and added um, hot chili powder to it, and a big old can of tomato puree and a cup of water, and, and let it go for about a good twenty minutes. Came back out, it was that consistency that I like. Think of, like, if you ever had Wendy's chili but not as runny, it's like, it's just like that perfect runoff. That's what I got. So, let's just say that I have enough to last me a while. It's like I have, like, a bowl in my fridge that has, like, three servings left and a big old brick bucket in my freezer left over. That's not a surprise when it comes to cooking, and especially with canned items, because a lot of the times those cans, you you don't expect them to have so much in them as they usually do. With spaghetti sauce and stuff like that, one can lasts us, like, for two people, a big honkin' meal and extra. So I'm happy you were able to get a ton of meals out of that. See, but this is the first time. Like, most of the time, like, except for this one time when I made the chili, anything I make in the Instant Pot where I'm adding stuff from the can... I usually get like three days out of it, maybe four, because you've got to remember the water absorbs a lot of it, so it, when it comes down to it, it's not as much. Like, yeah. I, I, I love, like, I found a really good Instant Pot spaghetti, and that will last me about three or four days. I found a really good Instant Pot uh, cheeseburger macaroni. That's also good. But the fact that I, I actually have all this left over, I was just stunned. <laughs> 
okay? So, Sunday, I went out. Yes, I know it was Easter. Went food shopping because I wanted to make Mississippi pork roast. I made Mississippi pot roast maybe about a month ago, and I said I had some leftover stuff for it. So I'm like, I'll make this into a pork roast. I threw it together, made it. Now, the recipe calls for a third cup of water. I put two cups of water in there, and then when it was done, I took all the meat out, put it on saute, added my slurry to kind of thicken it up like a gravy, and put everything back and let it pressure cook for a little bit more. Now, at first, it was like like a beef stew, like a pork stew, per se. Then, after I let it settle, it's actually good. Now, it's more like the pot roast side dish as it's supposed to be. So, now I got like two, three servings of that in my fridge and the rest in the freezer. And I'm sitting here thinking, should I make another meal for this week to have and then put the rest in the freezer? I haven't decided. And it's... And, Ichigo Gami, let me tell you, if you think this is a uh, recipe stream... I know, I no, know. No, 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 no. You need to listen to OLR. I mean, it's like, it used to be, the running joke was, it was called Foodie Lounge Radio because uh, Loki was always having food on the show. Yeah. So, you know. So I went ahead, you know, and did that. So I'm actually good for food, but also... I understand people start playing Final Fantasy VII Remake since, like, last third, last, since last Friday. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, like, waiting. I'm like, you know what? I'll, I am in no rush for the game. I waited almost 20 years. Another few days is not going to kill me. When the game was delayed, I'm like, another few days is not going to kill me. So last night, I get an email. A notification from Amazon saying it's being shipped by um, Dymatex. And I'm just sitting here going, if I see a sad-looking cloud cosplayer with a really bad wig deliver my copy of the game, I might just flip, flip, flip my shit. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that is a running joke between a few friends of mine about somebody that's no longer part of the community, but we'll leave it at that. So today, while I'm just doing whatever... Look what happened to show up today while I was in the shop. And I said at first, you know, I'm going to put this on the shelf because I have other things I want to attend to, but I am instead, I think I'm going to play a couple of hours of this game tonight. So we're going to go ahead and do the unwrapping and see what we got here. Because the unboxing really was, it was just nothing more than a big old blue and white Amazon envelope that the game, that this came in. I know there's a couple of people who actually went out and got like the, the master edition that came with all the figurines and stuff. I'm like, screw that. I just want the game, nothing else more. And then, I ended up getting this for like $10 more for $69, even though it was refunded for $79. Somebody on my Facebook list, personal Facebook list, posted a, an affiliate link through your friends at Studio Cosplay, Ichigo, to get this for 69 and I jumped on that in a heartbeat. You know, honestly, I'm not surprised. I have a lot of friends. Oh, it's probably Liz. Um, Yeah, I have a lot of friends who've been gaming and doing a lot more mm-hmm. streaming and stuff online. I am really bad at social media, so I would love to jump on the streaming train, but I get really self-conscious about it because I'm a potato, and uh, yeah. 
you're you're a potato just like our like our like our little like our podcast little sister Chocola. We love you both. E. She does the same thing. Potato's gonna potate. Mm. Um, but yeah, hope so, everybody is staying hydrated, by the way. Uh, hashtag hydrate chat. Now, um, this is cool. A steel book to put the game in. That, that's kind of cool. We got that. A nice deluxe edition art book, which is kind of cool. This, this is really cool. Um, let's see. We have a mini soundtrack CD, which I will pro which I will rip later because I think Alcrea wants a copy of it because her copy didn't come in. And lo and behold, the game. I have played the demo and I enjoyed it. I do see myself playing through this in both modes. And you know what? I, you know right now, you know what I'm absolutely waiting for? The people who are seriously marathoning this game, who forgot that Final Fantasy VII Remake is episodic co content. It's episodic. People forgot. I am waiting for them to get to the part where it says, stay tuned for part two. Uh, I, I'm waiting for the rage. I, I'm waiting for the tears. I'm just like, y'all didn't pay attention. Well, honestly, no. Um, if it's a big enough fandom, um, you're gonna. People are used to that now. I, I mean, oh, at least you, gamers would be. You would. Think, I would suspect. You would think that, but I'm just talking about the memory retention of most gamers. All right. I think people. I, I really feel people forgot that this game. Uh, that they, that Square Enix said, "Oh, this is gonna be episodic content." Well, we'll find out. Mm. Uh, all right, Ichigo, what have you been up to, my dear? Um, okay, well, I have, I guess I'm kind of, uh, been hermiting a lot. Um, geek-wise, I don't know, I haven't really been into much. I did get my hands on Hand Simulator Survival, which has been kind of fun, and, um... What is that? Dying... Okay. <laughs> you know I was going to ask. Hand Survival is, like, a super fun game where you have to survive on an island, but you have no control over your limbs uh, fluidly. It's more like uh, singularly, so you have to control your hands and your fingers and pick up coconuts and stuff, but also Dead by Daylight. I finally got Dead by Daylight, and I'm a total noob, um, and so I hope I will be playing that in the next few weeks. Um, I have not played it at all, and I do not like PC controls, so that's going to be a fun new adventure for me. Um, but if uh, you don't mind playing with a noob, uh, you can definitely hit me up on Steam at Ichigogami. That is my handle there as well. And I'm happy to make friends and play together uh, and murder each other. Yay! Um, See, so, Dead by Daylight's always fun. I've um, heard good things about that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's really my geekiness this time has been kind of focused on patterning and sewing uh, for our lovely cosplay friends out there. Um, I have been doing a lot of sewing and drafting as far as making medical masks and things of that nature for people who are looking for them because I, uh, I was asked to, initially I wasn't going to, and then I was asked to, and so I just kind of fell into it. So, uh, it is one of those things that has, uh, taken up a lot of time, but it's good because mm -hmm. it gives back to my community, but it is one of those things where it's like, I don't end up, it, it's one of those things where... I'm sure in chat we have a lot of people who can relate. The tedium and the simplicity kind of helps keep away the anxiety. So I appreciate it, 
and it, it does keep me busy, so it's very good. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, I was gonna say something. Oh yeah, speaking of streaming, if you haven't noticed, I'm also I finally got off of my tuchus and started doing some retro game streaming. So looks like I will be like streaming retro anime games probably Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays. I think Thursdays and Fridays for about an hour, hour and a half, and Sundays for maybe about a couple of hours. Ari, what's wrong, my friend? My computer crashed. Oh, that that explains why your why your Twitch why your Skype video just went kathunk like that. Yeah, I. And when it was in the middle of restarting, I got on my phone on a on the Skype app on my phone, and you know, told you in the chat. He but did. I'm not he sure did let us know in chat, but uh, I was wondering was why you're heating your computer. You know, I I think you should take the, during this free time, back up your stuff, wipe the wipe the drive, wipe the computer, and just drop a fresh copy of Windows. You know, since you have, have all that those. time indoors. <laughs> Dude, you, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, I mean, like, hey. In chat, if you if you guys have been waiting to restore your computers, you might as well do it now. <laughs> I mean, not for that. This is a very good time to be buying computers, like some desktops and parts, laptops, give or take, because so many people are working from home and want mobility. So it's going to be laptops can be very, you know. I, I look at it this way: if you're working from home, beef up the desktop, and then just get just a basic mid-range laptop to travel with. But I understand. Um, that um, not everyone has the space for it. Believe you me, in this little studio, I somehow made room for a high-end desktop PC. I have a Surface 3 over here. Um, back there is my la is uh, Saturn and my my laptop, my powerful laptop I travel with, and Satsuki, my MacBook that I just use for folding at home and learning Mac OS. And then I have um. My Surface Go by the bed, you know, but I'm too lazy to get up and go to the desktop. Or you could be like me and be a shitlord computer hoarder who has computers from the 20, 20 to the early 2000s or earlier and uh, just tries to refurbish them. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, as far as computers go, uh, I enjoy that uh, Theo is adding for those, I guess, in chat who might be upgrading their computers get a solid state drive or an SSD and yeah. I definitely appreciate that mm -hmm. in my laptops where I have done that. Seriously, like right now, upgrading to an SSD and trying to match up the memory is like the cheapest thing you can do before you have to uh, invest maybe $700 in like overhauling the hardware or just buying a new machine. So, Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't have the money to really upgrade or replace this and the uh, the, the little windfall is, uh, I'm already knowing it's going to go towards bills and stuff, so. Well, you know, well, I'm just, well, because your, de your desktop is almost as old as mine, because I think I built yours, like, maybe a month after I built mine, so. That was, like, what, 2009 or so? No, this is 2015, 2016. I thought it was, I thought no. it was a lot later mm -hmm. than uh, earlier. No, 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 that was the time I redid the Dell laptop back at the old house, you know. And now we're talking uh, geek talk about SSD speeds, but on the real tip, older computers are not going to really benefit from those types of speeds. So you know, it's not even it's not even it's not even worth it. I mean, if your computer's about five six years old, a basic SATA 
SSD SATA is fine. And NVMe one, it's not going to really get it. But I do know once everything kind of normalizes with me financially the way I want it to, I am replacing my SSD with a Samsung one one terabyte. I'm upgrading the video card, and I'm going to get me a fancy RGB Corsair keyboard because I like RGB and I want certain colors on the keyboard when I work. So I've been yeah. slightly upgrading my mm -hmm. um, thing. I don't have wires mm -hmm. down here in the basement, and I'm yep. sure I've mentioned that before mm -hmm. as far as internet goes, and we do not want to rewire the house right, right now. So I am using a TP-Link, and this computer currently does not have Bluetooth abilities, so I got a Bluetooth TP-Link, um, uh, I guess, receiver. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, hopefully yeah. I'll be upgrading this computer to do that as well. Um, I hope that all of you are able to see any of your digital streaming and stuff like that easily. Um, I know we could talk about computers forever. Yeah, and like I said, I've been giving out advice on my personal Facebook, like, for the last couple of weeks on, you know, here's what you need to do a basic upgrade. This is what you need to keep your laptop going. Here's some basic information on streaming. And one thing about streaming, I'm going to tell you this right now. Every person who streams is going to tell you something different. The best thing to do is take all of the advice from the different people and find something that works for you and keep it as simple as possible. And that is definitely true to a lot of different yeah. hobbies, even mm -hmm. sewing and yeah. even other things, um, creating, armor making, all that other fun stuff. Finding tips and researching and doing a lot of finding of information is always a good way to do it. But in practice, don't overwork yourself. Find things that work for you and use those tools no, no, no. to do your best work. So, Did I miss any articles? No, no. They're all there. No, I mean when I was No. No, was, you no, didn't miss capacity. anything. No, we're still we, we're still doing geek roundtable. We're gonna get into a top a geek roundtable topic. And depending on how this topic goes, I'm probably gonna end up cutting some of the articles. <laughs> Do you want me to read the article, Rhonda, or you wanna cover it? No, I won't get to it just a bit. I just wanna say okay. one thing. I meant to bring up earlier about you were talking about the cost of making masks and stuff. You know, I've seen people charge anywhere between five and ten dollars based on skill set if they actually have a, a regular job if this is just scratch money for them or if this is based on their skills and experience i look at it this way i think everybody should be selling ma geeky masks and stuff for at least ten dollars a head and if somebody's going to complain let them complain because you know what they ain't gotta buy it but somebody else will Honestly, I there is part of me that has to agree with you. Yeah. So I am I will not lie. I am not the best business lady out there. Mm -hmm. Like I have said, I don't do social media well because right. I hate people. Um, but <laughs> basically, if I were selling these masks at a retail price mm -hmm. that wasn't killing me on my bottom line, it would probably be within the twenty dollar range. Like that yeah. would be because of the time it takes to mm -hmm. make them, because of the chance the the experience I have and the fact that right. it's taking away from a tailoring business that I have where I make $25 an hour because I actually pay myself a living wage. At this mm -hmm. point, we're actually dealing with, one, there's the positive of it being a homeland victory movement towards mm -hmm. the idea that people can produce for their own countries. 
but we're also dealing with the movement of what we see in a lot of commissionees and creators problems where people are pricing themselves so badly they're going to get burnt out and they're not going to cover their own overhead and it's going to be basically a situation where we have sweatshops in the united states no no whoa 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 whoa. it's go slow down yeah slow down i think you kind of jumped the gun when it came to sweatshops i mean granted i live right up the street from one yeah. I don't think it's gonna get that far. Well, uh, I I the, do the see price happening. Of living is different here, Ranma. No, so like... not, no, no, no. I'm talking about just people, just cosplayers and commissioners, just making masks. That's what I'm talking. Oh, about. Oh, just in general. That, this is a general that, thing. Okay, yeah, cool, that, cool, cool. That, um, that, yeah, yeah, no, I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that cosplayers and stuff like that are getting those experiences mm-hmm. because it is definitely a very beginner friendly project. In our chat, if you are interested in learning about mask making or you want to make your own, I can definitely mm-hmm. give you some resources and take you to places where you can get started. Sure, sure. Um, but I'm definitely not going to lie. Um, cord, elastic, and a few other supplies are currently unobtainium. So um, when it comes to elastic, uh, it's, you know, I will talk to you offline because i know (laughs) no i know of something perfect that you can use because i went to two stores buying this for friends of mine who are making masks and it's perfect for them oh okay i use grow green ribbon because i just prefer it but i'm just saying if you want elastic i can tell you what to get and if you can't find it the next time i go out i will get it just pay me back that's it. Yeah, no. That's all I, I really I care totally, about. And you'll, yeah, have, we'll and you'll have it in, in like three days. But yeah, what I'm saying is, you know, I will say if you're charging twenty dollars a mask, I find that a little pricey. If everybody else is within the ten to fifteen no, range, that's totally, but yeah, no, but but, but no, 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 but 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 what I'm saying is, I look at it this way: if you're starting out, it's okay to undercut everybody. If you're going to do that, you're going to have people that's not going to like you. But here's the thing. You're making your money. But as you're making your money, you start bringing your prices up to a point where you can compete with everybody else. That's how you do it. When you realize you're at that one, that, that, that sweet spot of a price that everybody's buying, you sit there. Now, if you want to go above that, all you got to do is justify the cost. For example, Ichigo's masks are 20 bucks. All she has to do is show on her site, you know, the time and care that she's putting into each mask, like the stitching, the detail, and all of that. You put that down, and and you look at her website of everything that she's made, her experiences, and so forth. That's justifiable for $20. That's no different from somebody coming to me wanting to build a PC, and I'm like, okay, just so you know, I charge $50 an hour to... To get the parts, everything constructed, because I have been I am an IT technician for about twenty years. I have a degree. I've worked for Fortune one hundred companies. I know what I'm doing. And if you think I'm too expensive, go to somebody else. That's okay. No, that's definitely yeah. that mm-hmm. is definitely yeah. something I can definitely see with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are instances where. People don't anticipate cost, and they kind of like they get sticker shocked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because it's yeah, because I've already said to you, I'm looking at wanting to commission a cosplay from you, and I know it's going to what I want is going to probably run me at a minimum of three hundred. I already know that. Yeah, now, mind you, I said minimum three hundred. 
I didn't say max. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of balking at the price, but I'm looking at everything that you are capable of doing. So I'm like, I am perfectly okay with that because I'm just saying, I don't have to go to a con. My next con is up for X amount of months. I can pay you X amount every week until I hit that that base amount where you can start procuring, and I'm perfectly okay with it because I know that cosplay, I will get at least at least three to four years use out of it because I only do like three or four cons a year, if that. And, so. and the thing is, too, is that like there's not a lot of tailors out there who do not I, – I wouldn't say I do a lifetime guarantee because there are certain supplies that just don't last that right, long, right. but I know a lot of people out there don't ensure the fact that, hey, you know – if you pay me, I will fix it for you if it breaks or right. gets a rip in it or something like that, as long as I can. I mean, I, um, yeah, I have, within reason. Yeah, like the like my friend Barry. Uh, I got I commissioned my Artemis wig from her, and basically, I can send it back and she'll fix it up. I have been working on keeping it fixed up as best as I can, and what I will probably do is send her pictures and be like, I've been doing the upkeep on the wig. How does it look? Do you need me to send it? You know. Yeah, no, and that's it's definitely proper, something proper that... proper maintenance. It's, you know, that's what you Yeah, maintenance for. and upkeep and mm -hmm. stuff like that are very important. Yep. I mean, especially when it comes to cosplay, because yep. that's kind of what we're seeing is mm -hmm. a slight movement into more sustainable practices with cosplay, yep. especially with things like wigs or microplastics and stuff yep. like that. So it's good to have those connections with people that make the quality things and want to work with you to, you know, lessen our cosplay footprint, as it were. Yeah. But, yeah, I definitely have gotten the uh, interaction of a lot of clients who come to me for my masks, which are only $7, by the way. The the, the idea of them being 20 is not, not, not in this climate, guys. Um, but I, now I they say now, now they say Dolce and Gabbana on them. I can see why they're twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, they say Dolce and Gabbano, and they're uh, you can find them in a back alley. Um, and no, but I, you know, it's one of those things where you can definitely tell the quality and everything mm -hmm. when you're working with people. Um, so if you are looking to get find a mask, you can definitely check our website later tonight or tomorrow mm -hmm. and check out Scarlet Rhapsody and Ronma's posts about hooking up with an independent maker to get you some masks to yeah, protect yourself. I'll have like either a direct link to their website where you can buy it on their page, or it'll be like an email link where in the subject it's like mask, and you'll see, and I'll have like links to whatever they, so you can see everything. I'm putting it together piece by piece. So it'll be up sometime tomorrow, hopefully. So let's get into our Geek Roundtable topic. And I won't be too surprised if this is all we talk about and then we just get into the other news and call it a night because I'm perfectly okay with that. Mm-hmm. Now, the topic yeah. is, how expensive was it to be an anime fan in the 90s versus now? Oh, my fucking God! Ooh. It was so expensive. Um, the, the term Ooh. anime crack is cheaper was uh, definitely not a full pun. It was kind of a crying joke um, over your wallet, lamenting its slow and, and um, Ag violent death. To die. Woo. <laughs> um, especially for cosplayers as well, and alternative fashionistas, uh, you definitely paid a pretty penny for shopping services mm -hmm. or special orders. Mm -hmm. And them's in 1990s dollars. Yeah, so uh, allowing for inflation, 
Um, uh, and and the fact that it was the VHS tapes, guys. I still remember ten dollar plushy Sundays VHS like, tapes. Yeah, thirty forty dollars worth tape with between two and four episodes on it. Hold and on. it might not y- have even talk, been a legit y- y- tape. Y- y- there were so many more bootlegs. Y- there were so many y- more bootlegs. Y- y- Sailor Moon's eyes don't look like that. Like what? Oh, you, Ichigo, take the lead. You keep talking. I'm gonna dig up some history for for the kids. I'm gonna go dig up some history right now. Um, I guess in our chat, if you guys want to join the Geek Around table, you can definitely post, uh, like our lovely Bob Coffee has said, $40 for two episode subtitled tape. Let's go! Yes, I totally agree. I still have a bunch of my Battle Angel Alita, my Ranma One Half, my Tokyo Babylon. Um, I don't know what else I have. It's up in a, in a spare room because I, I think we still have my VHS player, but I'm not sure. Still um, have a VHS Tape deck, not tape deck. VCR. <laughs> yes, I have a VCR. I have a VCR oh, DVD player from back in the '90s when those were still being made. Um, <laughs> and Bob is also commenting that he can pull a ton of history from his garage. I have some, or I had some Gundam kits for a long time. I still have them, I think, somewhere. I know one of them lost a face. Um, I used to work in a vintage anime shop, so, like, a lot of the stuff from there, um, Orange Road, a lot of Rumiko's old works, um, a lot of different titles and things like that that you can't find anymore, especially horror things like Octopus Girl and, of course, Junjito's works that are a little bit older. Um, I definitely, uh, it was expensive. Expensive. One or two comic shops near me that actually sold them or... It was mostly a mix zine, and yes, I actually called it zine, Z-I-N-E, because that's how it's pronounced. Oh, yeah, and in um, in Japanese fashion, the, we don't have them anymore, but uh, as much. We still have magazines and fashion booklets, but I don't think they really call them MOOCs, which was... Uh, if, and MOOCs, so magazine books, and they usually came along with a little yeah, added okay. gift or tote bag or something. So they weren't just, they were like uh, omnibus, like the huge books, like super thick, but they were just fashion magazines. And that's how you would get your content from like, uh, like new type magazine or. Ad oh America. man. And the magazines back then. Oh, that the was where you found records in the mall. Shonen jump. Yeah. And all those other magazines when they were first coming over. Okay. So, in that closet there is a box of VHS tapes. 90% of them are Ranma one-half videotapes. That, at the time, we're talking the 90s, two episodes ran you $29.99 US dollars. That's what we were talking about. Yep. Like- and the OVAs was $34.99. Some uh- companies will put out the volumes for $30 for dubbed, and then the subtitled version was $10 more because, like, you know, people would pay top dollar for, as my old roommate called it, God's holy language. (laughs) Yes. I was watching some anime, and he comes in, he's like, how dare you watch, not watch this in God's holy language? And I was like, unlike you, sir, I don't understand Japanese short of a few words. And mm-hmm. I also like dubbed anime. I have a lot of friends who work in the industry and I want to support them. 
Now, mm. I I do have something. Now, there was one company that kind of said, you know, we're, we're not going to do it this way. And that was Pioneer. And y'all know them from making, they're mostly known for DJ equipment. But they made speakers and all that type of stuff. They created a division called Pioneer Anime. P-Anime. They put mm-hmm. out Tenchi Muyo, El Hazard, Phantom Quest Corp. A lot of great titles. Starting at 20 bucks. Oh, oh yeah, and yeah. the fact mm-hmm. that there were so many... It help you if you uh, get, one of the, get a VHS with the uh, decreased, co- the deteriorated quality of the uh, like of the tape itself. Mm-hmm. So when fact- you put it in, it sounds like everyone's talking with their heads inside of fishbowls. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the recording quality and everything are, are like we that. Talk- we're talking fan subs here, right? <laughs> yeah. Or just I, in uh, general, from being rewound and played, rewound see, and played, rewound. Oh, yeah, see, when they're your favorites. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and especially the fact mm-hmm. that there was such an access to more, more properties as far as licensing goes, like there wasn't such an iron fist on a lot of um, different things. So there were a lot more companies that were doing licensures and things yeah. like that. So like, uh, now I'll say like, for example, like I have on VHS, the bio booster armor diver VHS with the original opening and ending themes. When it was re-released on DVD, they had to take that out due to licensing rights. And I'm just like, you guys suck. But, I do have this I got from a friend of mine when I went to BronyCon. This volume of Sailor Moon um, Supers, okay? This is Nina's Reserve, special uncut version, three episodes. See, that was another way companies like Pioneer Funimation can make money. They would put out the edited version that was on TV for this price, and then the uncut version of everything that was removed at a, at a premium price. Yeah, because the, because they knew Americans, yeah. mm-hmm. those American weeaboos, mm-hmm. um, would pay for that extra content, especially those who were like completionists or like super fans, where they wanted that that mm-hmm. prestige. Like um, like for example, when Tenchi Muyo was on TV at the time, I had Tenchi Muyo Rio Oki, the thirteen part OVA series, and I also had Tenchi Universe TV. That was the first TV series. And then you had Tenchi in Tokyo, or Shin Tenchi Muyo, another 26-episode TV series, which I thought was god-horrible. But these are three separate series. And, and you can easily tell by the logos. When these episodes were on TV, Pioneer re-released them all as Tenchi Muyo and put them in... in in clamshell cases, I think they were like five episodes per tape, and I'm just like, that is fucking five brilliant. episodes. Wow, they're really uh, spoiling you. I mean, like five episodes, thirteen tapes. No, oh, that that was classy. That was classy. Now, what was also great? How some companies would put out special limited edition tapes. Let me show you something. Um, and and going off of that, um, Bob Coffee made a great statement of for at least for fan dubs or fan subs, that's when you had to know a guy who knew the other guy who knew some other guys who had a mailing address to one of the various groups that did VHS subs. And having ah, friends, chains of deals. Yeah, having friends who did a lot of the fan subbing back in the day, it it definitely it was definitely one of those situations. You're or, living a real life fetch quest. 
or if you lived in New York City, all you had to do is go down to Chinatown and just go right to that spot and pick up the tapes all the damn time. I think my, my fan sub collection hit at least 150 tapes before I ended up having to toss them. I could have sworn I put them in storage, but I didn't. But I have this. This is a Ronma one half limited edition VHS carousel set. Uh, it looks like a lunchbox. Yeah, that's part. That's what it's supposed to be, more oh, or okay. less. Three VHS tapes. The first one is the Romiko Takahashi selection. The second one is the Riola collection. And the third one is the Ranma collection. I wanted this so badly. And you know how much Viz was selling this thing for? 90, 100 bucks? Yep, 90 to $100. And I'm like, I don't have that kind of money. A few years ago, I found somebody selling this brand new on Macari out of, out of Hawaii for 20 bucks. Damn. Now... When, now, around the time of adding more episodes per tape, uh, Council uh, Central Park Media did the same thing. Like, I was able to collect the Slayers. Four episodes, I think it was like basically four episodes for like $20. And half the time, I bought my anime from Suncoast, so they were always on sale, so I got a volume for $15. Every time I'd buy a volume and it was so great, I went back the next day and picked up the next one. Oh, and back when anime mm. pins had more variety as far as being, like, licensed pins, the the metal pins and stuff that you had collected, ugh, I still have mine, like but this. that, like, okay, back in those times, I was a little, uh, a little tiny teenager, and I loved collecting pins, and that, and this was before Eda Bags, this was mm -hmm. before the idea that you, you know, it was really too show, it was more like swag, like, yep. you, you put it on your badge lanyard, and that was, mm -hmm. like, how you showed off. But that's that's what I loved about uh, pins and stuff like that. That's something that I remember getting. Um, but uh, bringing not only the anime and the VHSs in it and the pricing for fan subs and fan dubs into it, but for our lovely cosplayers that are out there, the fact that you couldn't find these printed fabrics that are out there nowadays. And I know I'm going to kind of seem curmudgeon and back in my day. No, you're not but, wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, But you had to find wigs yeah. at different yeah. hair shops. And it was Party City. Yes. Highlighter orange. And, and don't forget. Um, out of freaking plastic. Oh, the hair. worst kind of or, plastic. Or, don't, oh. don't, don't, don't forget Katie Baird's uh, wig dye emporium. Uh, she's actually still around. She I has know. cutting zoo wigs still. And I have her book and everything. I, I was kind of honored. I was not kind of, I actually was honored to have met her back at I think Shoujo Con 02. Because she started working on my favorite book, uh, Ninja High School, and they gave her own storyline to work on. I have all of those books signed by her. I actually need to see about collecting what missing issues I have or something like that. But, you know. But let's kind of get back to more on buying anime. See, okay. About that, around that time, when Pioneer was like, you know what, we're going to do it this way. More companies kind of followed that mindset you know because they were still making money hand over fist and then the dvds came out and it was like nowadays like for example i just looked at uh my my i just looked at my, my honey uh price list i could pick up the first season of love life sunshine for thirty dollars when this dvd and blu-ray when this came out it was like fifty five dollars now something like this on DVD for the first time in the 2000s will probably run you 99 bucks. 
I remember, oh, yeah. I remember when the first Ronmo and Half box sets came out. They were like a hundred dollars, and then they re-released them in thin packs for like forty bucks a pop. I, because it it got to the point where it was so cheap, you know, to put it on DVD, and it's like, well, wait a minute, we have the anime. We can lay down a track for dub. We can lay down the original Japanese track. We can put out a volume, five episodes, $30. Yippee, yippee. It, it was like printing money over the place. That's basically what it was like. And, and I will say, I am one of those anime fans who got lucky because at the time, I worked at Best Buy, so I used to get all my anime dirt fucking cheap. Like that employee discount, huh? Five percent above cost. Oh my gosh! So like Best Buy. Oh gosh, was it Suncoast? Yes. Video. Oh gosh, anybody in chat remember any other stores that have gone since gone long defunct? Definitely mention them that you remember in your little hearts. Oh, that release of that specific VHS or that DVD or that. Mako and I, Mako, you, you, Mako and I went to a, like one of those things recently, didn't they? Like mm. last time we were up going up some mall in North Jersey, was yeah. it? I think it was yeah. the Sun Coast. Probably. I know there was a Sun Coast somewhere in a mall and not and outside of Baltimore, but I think that place finally closed. But yeah, I know, remember the, it was like North Jersey, like yeah. was something Mako was holding. I remember they had yeah. a reptile, reptile. The Reptar chocolate bars. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We was. I ate one of them and they were disgusting. Yeah, we went to a Saturday mat. It was uh, FYE, FYE. FYE, that's, that's the one. right. They're still oh, around. God. They're still around because I believe FYE ended up buying Saturday matinee, the rest of Suncoast, and all of that. Now look at this, the Steel Age of Karumi complete collection from ADV Films. If I'm not mistaken, this was sixty dollars. I got it for 40 bucks. And you can't go uh, wrong with that. And everything is still I remember in buying there. The, I remember buying the entire, uh, like, back with like, you and Mako, we mm -hmm. bought the entire Indigo's, Indigo League for a Pokemon for, like, 30 bucks. Yeah. I haven't touched it yet, but, you know, it's still there. Oh, gosh. And those one-shot, all the one-shot mm -hmm. comics and stuff yes. that came out during that time, yes. especially with, like, the real name of Ash Ketchum, or like the other mm. silly conspiracies that a lot of people had. Ugh. Oh my! I, I God. hate those conspiracies like that. I mean, look, we do sound like a bunch of old people talking about back in my day and this and that, but you gotta understand when you're buying anime now, comparing to how it used to be, you should be thankful because. 20 years back, we didn't have the accessibility of going to an app to watch anime, or going to a channel on cable to watch anime. We, we, it, the fact that we were, we got up at 5 o'clock in the morning to watch Sailor Moon was a thing, okay? Or yep. Dragon Ball, uh -huh. that was a thing. Or finding out that, you know, there are these things called conventions, or you can buy this anime or that anime, you know, it's just, or, you know, complaining about the fact that, why did they edit this? Why did they, nowadays, the only thing that's really edited on anime is, is the blood.
wasn't the violence, and you know, it doesn't take away from anything, you know. And 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 we're not talking yeah. about like the fact that this stuff is hard to do anymore. We're not talking about gatekeeping or anything no, like that. Mm-hmm. We're just saying in general that the world, as far as being an anime fan, right. has definitely evolved yeah. from back when you had to buy a VHS tape in a dark alley mm-hmm. to get your favorite collection mm-hmm. of episodes. Um, and, and I mean, you know, that, that it was a very different world back yeah. then, and the fact that there was still this essence of, oh, that weird cartoony stuff mm-hmm. coming from a different country. Or the fact that when you went into Blockbuster or Hollywood Video, you'd find some anime in the adult section. Or better yet, anime in the kids section. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, Dragon Ball Z is understandable, but not Ranma this, or... Or friggin' friggin' Grave of the Fireflies or, in the kids section. And, a lot, and there was a lot more Guess leniency. The... There was a lot more leniency on content. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as things like Ranma one half and stuff like that, where... It, it wasn't as, I guess, stringently, I don't know. To me, Ranma's in all ages anime, but there is a lot of toplessness, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of, now, of I, other stuff that goes on. Now, I've actually, re- and I remember reading in the magazine a long time ago when he first talked about the game, Ranma One Half Hard Battle, that MTV actually optioned the right to air Ranma One Half on their network. But when they, real- when they saw how much nudity there was in the episodes, they were like, no, we don't want to do that. Wow. And then now, they get Speed Racer for a while. Yeah, oh, just, my yeah, God. Nowadays, it's, you can get away with this type of stuff because anime was on late at night. Oh, when Sailor Moon S was on during Part of Toonami at 5.30 p- at 5 p.m. And, fa- and parents were pissing off the fact that you had kissing cousins and stuff like that. You know, it was like, well, somebody please think of the children. Our people are thinking of the children. They they like what they see. They're just doing it very poorly. Exactly. Oh my gosh, first generation Toonami, man. That was crazy. No, I will say first generation Toonami, when I heard them when they had someone sing the sing the dub version of Smile Bomb from Yu Yu Hakusho, I was like, Yes, we have evolved. You know? I mean Yeah, you still got some companies there who that music will be translated and you get to hear someone do a cover of it. I mean, if you look around, you will find cover like English covers of Inu, of the first season themes to Inuyasha. What was cool was if you picked up the Tenchi Universe uh box set, uh Sonia was the name of the performer. She sang the the opening theme to Tenchi in Japanese and English, and that was amazing. And I'm still kind of mad. I lost her. Te- I lost that Tenchi Miyo CD. I have got to find a way to, to try to co- find a copy of it. But um, now I wonder how far up the beaten path do we get with you know, in regards to this. I'm looking at the article and I'm reflecting back on what we talked about. We hit everything across the board except for fan subs and bonus points to Ichigo for bringing up the whole aspect of cosplay because. Yeah, they didn't do this. Now, actually, we did do some touching on uh, fan subs, but again, I, I'll say, you know, some people had to go through somebody to get it, whereas me, straight to Chinatown. I remember being in sixth grade with my cousin, Desmond. We're watching fourth generation Dragon Ball Z. We're like this because the, because the tape 
is so warped. And the videos, <laughs> we didn't care. We was watching Vegeta whoop um Freeze's ass. That's all we really cared about, you know? My and this was, yeah, I was going to say, this was back in the time when New York and California yep. were, and they still are, pretty much the harbors that a lot of Japanese mm -hmm. content and, and mm -hmm. you know, uh, foreign content gets into because they have bigger markets for it. They have bigger uh, markets that accept newer content more easily. Uh, nowadays, New York, not so much. That's true. Well, like, nowadays, not yeah. so much, yeah. but back but, but, in the yeah. day, it was mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. the start of, of, a, of a place where they yeah. had the more access to it. Yeah. At least yeah. a lot of my friends who ended up in fan subs were in New England, New York. Mm -hmm. um, I had a friend or two in Canada who used to do it, but... Um, it was definitely a different world than it is now. Mm -hmm. I mean, back then, I mean, you knew somebody who knew the spots to get the fan subs, the merch and everything. Today, it's like, well, you can only go to this spot for the merch, or you can save five ten dollars just order it off of Amazon. I have a seven dollar rule. If it's gonna cost me more than seven bucks at a con, I'm not gonna buy it unless there's a specific reason. I think at the time I picked up Super Sailor Venus for like almost SH figures for almost $70 at Otakon two years ago. That was my only purchase of that weekend. And I am proud of said purchase because I had no idea if there's going to be any more. But, you know, it is what it is. And I, I'm glad I got it. Now, something like that back then would probably would have ran me close to $100 or something like that. I mean, it's crazy. It, basically, what we're saying is be thankful that you have access to all of this stuff. Hey, Jim Cosplays, welcome to the show. Just, just kind of be thankful that you don't have to spend an arm and a leg on your merch, per se. You're, if, you're, if you're saying that, like a box set, let, let's say, you know, if the first season, if you're saying the first season of Naruto is too expensive, I'm just throwing a number out there, $79.99. If you think that's expensive, imagine having to buy, go go back a, a bit of a generation where that season of Naruto was split into 12, 12 DVDs. Each DVD was $29.99. With only three or four episodes on it. Yep. And you had your choice of English or Japanese. And if you want to go back another bit of a generation even more, just saying, being able to purchase a VHS tape of like four episodes for $30. Just saying. In general, mm -hmm. what we want to bring you guys is, you know, be thankful that we had a bit of nerddom growing in back in the 1990s, 19, early 2000s mm -hmm. in the U.S. And, and definitely appreciate it still and, and the fact that, like, nerd has come to a point where yeah. it's accessible mm -hmm. and it's easy to get into. And now we're growing up introducing our friends and our yep. families into nerd culture and it's it is much more accessible and you can celebrate it with your friends and you know the positives of it um it's it's definitely a different realm and i hope that because it's accessible that we can only do more with it and we're only able to mm -hmm. get better quality and you know quicker streams or whatever it is that you are looking for in your fandom that since we've gotten to this point in over the last decade or more 
um, maybe we can see more in the future. Definitely. I mean, the fan things have evolved for 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 the most part for the better. So. But some things will never change. Oh no, I, I, that's why you know I get angry because there are people out there who are bootlegging streams or going to this site or that site to watch anime. I'm just like, you spend this much at conventions. You spend this much on your cosplay. You spend this much on travel, but you you, you can't drop $8 a month to watch this ad-free, you know? You you, you think Uh, that's a little bit too much money, you know? I don't know. I mean... It is a double-edged sword. There is definitely a fact of, Mm -hmm. because we can find things in so many places, and once it's on the internet, guys, you always know it's forever on the internet. True. Um, If you haven't learned that yet, well, there's your education. Uh, Um, And I'll I'll, I'll admit, yes, I do watch fan films. But I will also say, if I really enjoy the show, when it's commercially available, I will stop the fan subs and I'll watch whatever's available, I will buy merch and this and that. And it's getting to the point where, you know, as soon as one, one group of fan subbers start working on it, the license get picked up. It used to be, there used to be like honor amongst fan subbers where if a series was licensed, they would drop it immediately and then just keep going. I remember there was controversy with, with Full Metal Alchemist. Yes, Funimation picked up the rights. A lot of people stopped fan subbing it. Some kept doing it, even though Funimation and Square Enix were like, no, we're coming after you. You you cut off the heads of one fan subbing group, they run around, create a new fan subbing group, new name, and just keep it going, and so on and so forth, you know? Yeah, Bob Coffey says, everything just about gets licensed now, so there's no point in fan subs except for macros. Macros, sorry. And you're right, because even if you can't pay a monthly fee for it, you can download the apps and watch it, but you just have to deal with commercials. And you got people who are like, "Well, I don't, I, I feel like I don't need to deal with commercials." Look, I pay for ad, I pay, I have the base payment account for Hulu for ads, and sometimes I complain about the ads, but you know what? Better than nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I'll watch, I use Hulu for television shows, but for my anime, I'll go to Crunchyroll, and I'll, and I'll go to Funimation because I. Those, those are paid services. I can watch it ad-free. It, it, it's, you know. And if you have any questions about, you know, more about this, just reach out. We'll, we'll tell you some stories. B- believe you me, you know. I thought it was amazing when I, when I saw the Ghibli titles in a local, local supermarket. I was like, oh, wow. You know? A supermarket? Yeah, I remember, um... Food Emporium was selling um, uh, my neighbor Totoro. I actually bought. I actually went. I, I worked there briefly. I actually bought a copy on the clamshell. I'm just like, yeah, say something, say something. You know, it was good. And as Jim Cosplay says here in our chat room here at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam session, you are so right. Ads are better than nothing if you can't watch it anywhere else. It's think about it like this. Um. Ichigo, or you two may be able to relate more to this than I would, because I was more or less an only child. Being home during the week with your older or younger sibling, watching a cartoon, and then 
it goes to commercial, one of y'all runs off and gets snacks, and you hear someone shout, it's on, and you're running back just to make sure you can catch in time, because, nope, either you, get, you didn't set the, the, the VCR to record it, or at, during those times, there was no such thing as on-demand or VOD and all that stuff, you know? Well, that's just the one Well, I always learn to be, you know, faster on that mm -hmm. sort of thing because, yep. you know, my sister would never do anything like that with me. She was always, you know, I, I'd rather not get into no, that's it. Fine. But I, that, that's fine. That's what, that's what I said. You may be able to relate. That's why I'm bringing that up. And that's what but, but I do know all about, you know, mm -hmm. like, running off to the bathroom, you know, mm -hmm. being really quick about it, mm -hmm. and just, uh, like, always, like, having, a, like, a ear in the direction of the TV, mm -hmm. so you know what the, uh, what, like, listen for the commercials, or wait for the, uh, We Now Return bumper, you yes. know, that sort of thing. I love those, We Now Return to CBS Storybreaker, We Now Return to Captain OG Remote, and sometimes you would never see that rerun, the, the episode that you've missed in the rerun, unless you, he unless it's during the summertime you hear... So is so show starting Saturday. No, starting September 9th, right here on this network, five days a week, and you're just like, I can finally watch the episode that I missed, you know? Huh. Or you didn't, and you totally forgot, and you're watching the episode, you're like, wait a minute, I don't remember this episode. It's the one that I missed. Oh, wow, you know? And I I'll say this. Being an anime fan in the 90s was fun. I think next week we should do Going to conventions in the '90s, I think we should do that. I think we got that. That's fun. I think oh yeah, that or early days conventions in general because yes. I, I didn't go to one of those in the '90s. My first was like 2004. Trust me, I didn't start going to conventions till the late '90s. Conventions of the late '90s going into the late 2000s were basically just one and the same. Hmm. Insert '90s in Portland music from Portlandia here. Um, <laughs> It definitely, it, it honestly, if you've gone outside recently, which I don't usually recommend unless you need essential supplies, mm -hmm. um, it has definitely felt like the 90s. People mm -hmm. out on their bikes, people not spending as much time, I guess, on their computers or so many more oh, people oh, indoors. I got it's freaky. N 90s, 90s in Portland? Uh, you might as well just put your Gin Blossom CD on Infinite Loop. <laughs> Not music wrong. back then too <laughs> um but uh, uh yeah i mean it's convention going in the 90s and and the early 2000s was definitely a different animal and we're seeing um the bubble pop from the late 2000s evolution of conventions and events and stuff like that now with the issue of of not having a lot of those events able to go on so definitely uh, send the conventions in your local areas some support because I'm sure that they are all suffering. But um, we hope that later this year, next year, yeah. things can maybe try to get back to some semblance of, of functionality. Um, we will definitely have to address 90s conventions yes, next week. Definitely. And Ari, to, in response to Hey Jealousy, for years... I thought he was singing Hey Jesse. That's what I thought it was for years until <laughs> until at work. I, I the song's about him being hungover and looking for a place to crash and how he's basically a shitbag. <laughs> Sounds like most of us. I'll say, I didn't realize this until I stumbled across like this massive YouTube playlist 
of 90s alternative. It was like over 400 videos. And I, I just put it on play. I'm just like, I found my, my, my 90s station to listen to at work. And that video came out. I was like, really? That's what he said? I think I even mentioned this on Facebook. I was like, I did not realize this. And like two other people were like, the same thing. All right. That's what happens when you didn't get when you bought a CD and they didn't actually actually have the lyrics in the inserts because that wasn't because not everybody did that. Oh my God, I do mm. remember. I remember that so much, and there were so many songs that the enunciation, the music, mm -hmm. like the, that's just the style of music. They don't mm -hmm. enunciate all the words, and yep. so you'd be like, "What were they saying? Were they saying like?" clam chowder or in a shower like you don't know <laughs> and a lot of the times you had to transcribe it yourself and that meant like and fan subs and fan dubs watching it over mm -hmm. and over and over or listening over and over and over especially when you were doing cosplay mm -hmm. with pixelated image video games mm -hmm. oh. if you want to hear me go off about that you can definitely join me on my stream sometime later but yes no we can oh all right and, and making, I remember making AMVs. I went out and bought a special ATI Radeon card just to do video inputs between my computer and my VCR. I thought I thought I was the shit, okay? And then I saw other people doing AMVs. I was like, oh. <laughs> All right, let's get into Meanwhile in Japan and get out of here. I guess I'll take the first one because Pikachu and I were discussing it earlier. You can it have has kitties in it. Fine, that, that will make Mako-chan happy. Okay, Ari, go go right ahead. This this this, this kind of sounds like a, an Ari story right here. Oh boy. Uh, let me just get them all lined up here so I can switch between easily. A Japanese boss punches his employees who came to work after being told to stay home due to due to coronavirus risk. <sighs> uh, let's see. Uh. Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has declared an official state of emergency in Tokyo, as well as the prefectures of Kanagawa, Chiba, Saitama, Osaka, Hyogo, and Fukuoka. Fukuoka. Mm -hmm. Even though other parts of the country really announced has put as people on edge of reevaluating the level of caution they should be using in order to stay safe and prevent the transfer of the coronavirus. Nevertheless, a 20-something employee of a construction company in Yamagata did refuse to stay at home, but went all the way over over to the border in Sendai and Miyagi Prefecture on his day off. You're not even supposed to be here today, bro. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you gotta think of, of clerks. I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> the universe to that. Because of that, his manager told him to stay home for work. The employee ignored the offer and showed up at the job site in Yam Yamagata's Sakura City on Wednesday. And the manager, who's 46, found out he issued an on-site reprimand of the young employee by punching him in the face. Lord. <laughs> now that's one hell of a pink slip. Mm-hmm. Um, Ichigo, I, I posted the uh, the cut the text for it in the uh, chat earlier, but it's supposed to, I'll you know, post it in the uh, chat right here. It's supposed to say, what part of do not come to work was unclear to you in <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> but unfortunately, if you put something in quotes, Google Translate doesn't translate it. So I had to kit bash like two separate statements together. So it probably looks like just like a garbled mess. Well, it could be worse. You could have ran through Battlefish. Oh God! As, as uh, some folks joining that's us, that's even our... worse. 
chat at twitch.tv anime jam talking session. Talking about the, talk about the thousands. <laughs> boss Falcon punches his employees, and that's a cool boss. Uh, I I don't condone violence, but it is definitely uh, a way to get a message through a thick skull. Um, Nonetheless, you don't improve you don't improve more employee morale by assaulting your workers. This is very very true. Now you go back about a hundred years, maybe you know. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, everybody's the asshole here. All right, uh, who's got the next one? I have the next one, um, which is this is something slightly different, which kind of threw me for a loop coming from Mako-chan. and the music is kind of fitting. Uh, there was an announcement, uh, I believe, last month of a collaboration between Nintendo and Lego. Super Mario Lego Collection. And right now, you can go on Amazon Japan and place your pre-orders. They have the Super Mario starter set, which is 271 pieces. And you can create all types of stuff, like your own levels make the characters. This looks really cool. Plus, there is Bluetooth connectivity and have digital displays. Oh, th this is really cool. And you can have sound effects and so forth. And when you get the starter set, there's an, there's an app on your phone you can download that gives you a troubleshooting guide on, on the Bluetooth counterparts to it, as well as you know finding other cool ideas you can make with it. Th this is really awesome. I, I would definitely buy Le Lego Luigi. No, no, no questions asked about that. No questions asked. Nah. I, and um, I, I'm looking at these pictures. It's just freaking amazing. Um, here we go. I'm gonna put this in the chat here, and um, let, I'm going to try to um show y'all some of the stuff here. Let me see if I can bring it up. All right. Uh, there we go. I don't mean to cover Ichigo's pretty face, but I just kind of want to show up, you know, what was kind of cool about this. So let me see if I can if I can get this to scroll or something like that. Okay. There we go. What? What? Wait. What the heck? Broke everything. Yeah, I mean, then womp, womp. I mean, I did ask uh, Koi if she could come on joining the show, and generally when she comes on to the show, something gets broken. Let's see if, it, if I can get it reappear. There we go. There we go. And I'm just trying to get it to interact, so... the scroll which makes no sense oh well i tried but i can do this i can show off like one of one like one of the pictures i think this is like one of the cutest uh pictures from the set right here uh, okay properties yeah the little blocky mario is yep. cute yeah that is cute 
Alright, Ichigo. Last one's all yours. Yay! It's time for kitties! The only things that really matter! Um, so, <laughs> Japan has new apartments for singles with cats, and it lets you live with the only companion you need. Affordable studio apartments are filled with features to make your cat happy in your new home. Just because you don't live with any other people doesn't mean you live alone, right? <laughs> there are plenty of people out there who are perfectly happy being the sole representatives of the human race in a home they share with pets. And these look like they could be just the place for them. Felicimo, Jap Japan's leading designer of cat-themed lifestyle products, has teamed up with property developer Warakosan to create a Wakole Viano Tarumi Shirogayama Neko no Le apartment building. And its long name, but important part, comes right at the end with Neko no Le, or I think it's Le, or is it Ie? I don't know, which translates roughly to cat's house, not cat house, you pervs. Um, <laughs> and yes, there are cat-themed artistic touches on the building's exterior. Um, if one of you guys could share the article in chat. Um, gotcha. Like the two companies' previous projects from last year, Shirogayama's Nekonole apartment units are designed to make life especially enjoyable for feline residents, with steps for them to climb and play on, leading up to walkways and relaxing perches near the ceiling. However, what makes these apartments, which are located in Kobe, delicious beef, um, extra special, <laughs> is that they are designed for single-person occupants. occupants. Um, unlike Felicimo's first round of cat-oriented apartments, which were two-story setups, Shirogayama's Nekonole offers cozier living quarters, though they all sport a kitchenette, bathroom, and shower in addition to the combination living bedroom, and certain units even have lofts. Interesting. They also feature lockable pet doors, and first floor units are outfitted with lighter wood as opposed to the second floors, which are fitted with a darker wood shade. There are glass partitions to separate off certain parts of the apartments, and there is a subfloor compartment that can be used as a litter box in the bathroom area. Even the building materials were chosen with kitties in mind, and the flooring is softer than ordinary surfaces to help prevent scratches and claw marks, while the mesh is used in window screens um, is extra sturdy to avoid tears. It is just a six-minute walk from the nearest train station, which is Sonomiya Station in the center of Kobe's downtown, and uh, is less than a 20-minute ride away. So they aren't just unique. They are also affordable and can be found uh, on their retail website or their realty website for uh, 60,000 yen, which is 560 US dollars a month. And considering it is home for you and your feline life partner, that seems like a pretty reasonable price. Yeah, it does sound good. It really does. It really does. All right. Now, that's that some, some bizarre thing where you have to have a cat to live there? I would imagine probably yes. That's probably in in um, Japan, uh, like a lot of higher-end living situations here in the States, there's usually a very stringent applicant process. Mm -hmm. um, there are even problems with racism and stuff, but we're not going to get into that. Oh, and no, not, no, just, no. not just like 
the color of one's skin, but also Americans and foreigners, they don't tend to rent a lot of higher-end things to because of the likelihood that you'll run out on your bill. But, uh, I mean, it looks like it could be a nice place to live if they are accepting of uh, people who are not native. So it looks like it could be fun for a cat owner. Like, look at Gem Cosplays. Gem Cosplays is hyped about going to Japan and living there. Go for it, my friend. I I enjoy it, and I think that there are definitely pros and cons. And having gone there twice now, um, I really love it, and it is definitely a place that I could see um, enjoying going, but I don't think I'd want to live there. I was only there once, but it was only like a nine-hour layover, so mm. I didn't leave the airport. It's on my to-do list to go there. I have so many videos to edit from our last trip that we were there around this time last year, and I've just been really bad about it. But if anybody has any questions about traveling there or anything like that, you can definitely let me know. Well then, shall we go ahead and just wrap this up and call it a night? Yeah, man, yeah. we've gone really late tonight, but well, I know we had a few technical issues, yeah, so... We definitely had a late start. We had a late start. We ended up skipping the topic and just left. We just chilled in the nineties, okay? If we if we we chilled so hard that we our flannel shirts are hanging up behind us. So no, the I got my uh, windbreaker tied around my waist. Excellent. So, if you like the show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend, and so on and so forth. Because we're independent podcasters, independent bloggers. We do this for the fun of it. So, if you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. Remember, we're here to believe you. Check out our website at animejamsession.com where you will find our weekly podcast. Cosplayer interviews, cosplayer tips and tricks, anime reviews, links to our convention videos, our convention photos, anime reviews, editorials, so much more at AnimeJamSession.com. And don't forget, you can take us on the go. You can find us through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, any program that you use for downloading podcasts. Just search Anime Jam Session and you'll find all 446 episodes up there. And some of these apps allow you to, you know, write a review. So we want to hear from you. So drop a, drop a review. We appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Um, don't forget, you can find us on social media. Um, YouTube.com slash Anime Jam Session for our convention videos. Twitter.com slash uh, Anime Jam Session for when we're going live and other stuff we want to share from our website. And Facebook.com slash Anime Jam Session for when we're going live, our convention photos, some cool videos and other cool stuff we, I can think of to throw up there. So, you know. So we're going to go around the room and do last words with Ari. I'm going to go take this computer and beat it until it owes me money. Oof. Last words that you go. Well, I'm going to go get prepped for next weekend's virtual Comic-Con for canceled event attendees, and uh, I will sew until my fingers fall off some masks. So, good night. Uh, my last words, I'm going to kick back, watch some more anime, and just kind of relax. Uh, 
that is it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Um, Mako Chan will be back with us. And we're going to ask about being an anime fan in the 90s. And we're definitely going to do cosplay and conventions in the 90s as well. So, I can't think of anything else. So, I think we should just go ahead and get the heck up on out of here. What do y'all mm -hmm. think? Good idea. Agreed. <laughs> All right. I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I'm Ichigogami. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Sayonara. Say good night, Ichigo. Good night, Ichigo. That's it. Perfect. Good night, y'all. See you next week. has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it! For transcripts of this episode, start typing as a whole. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and vognetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!